Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, I'm going to talk about the idea of um, the one who got away or a fantasy partner, um, an ex that you still think about. And I got this idea from Dad Starting Over's podcast about the same thing. So I linked you to that in the description. And he only talked about like a real uh, specific situation where it's a woman who um, is at risk of infidelity because she is back in contact with an ex who didn't want to commit to her. And so that's the one who got away in her mind. And um, that can happen, sure. But that's like only a small subset of uh, the times that I see see this construct come up in individual and couples counseling. Of course, women, um, I shouldn't say of course, I mean, to it, it's it, all research indicates that uh, women are less frequently unfaithful than men. So what I see a lot of is men who cheat with um, an ex. And I'll talk about why this happens more now. And I will do all of that right after I tell you guys to subscribe because the most recent episode that I did was about uh, the wife who wants more and her annoyingly satisfied husband. And I did Mr. Perfect and his crazy wife. And I'm going to do all of those different types of couples that I've written about and the dynamics that I name. And And also, I have all my other great podcasts on sex and relationships and parenting and all of that. So anyway, diving into today's topic, what I frequently see is that because of the rise of social media, people start, um, they get like friend requested from or they just see on social media their exes. And this is a lot of temptation for both genders and particularly if you're not in a happy marriage and you're not in a marriage where you feel really known and understood and you remember this person as somebody who did uh, get you on a different level. So um, on the Dad Starting Over podcast, he talks about it being like women are really susceptible if the man has not wanted to commit to them previously and then they ended up with their current husband because this ex didn't want to commit. Um, I see it just as frequently, um, actually more frequently in terms of what I see. I see when you yourself ended the relationship, that turns into more of a torment to think about because then you feel like you made the wrong decision, which is always harder for people when they feel like they made the wrong decision versus that like uh, fate, you know, intervened. Like this person didn't want to be with you, so therefore you weren't with them anymore. It makes a lot more sense than thinking about why did I dump this guy or this woman that I ended up uh, now really wondering why I did it, thinking that it was the wrong decision and comparing them frequently favorably to my current partner. So as you might guess, this manifests a little bit differently for men and women. So men tend to idealize a previous uh, sexual relationship that was very good. 
And so they remember their, let's say, college girlfriend is somebody who is down to try whatever and who was really into sex and into experimenting and adventurous and never shrunk away from his touch or anything. And these men um, tend to idealize these women as women who would still be like this now. And they think that if these ex-girlfriends somehow were uh, their current wife, then these ex-girlfriends would still have that same ramped up sex drive. Now, when people talk about this in therapy, of course, I mean, I call that out. That's not real. And that's that's unlikely, you know, like they may certainly that woman, if she was your current wife, may have a higher libido than your current wife. Um, but it's unlikely that she would still be like she was in college. Let's be real, right? In college, she didn't have any children. She was she didn't have any cares in the world. She basically hung out with you, got drunk and had sex. So, um, you know, I mean, I mean, she's, it's really not the same situation. And in her current marriage, wherever she is, it's highly likely that that woman statistically is the lower libido partner as well, because in a monogamous relationship, and the man may say, but we were monogamous. Yeah, you were monogamous. It was college, though. Like y'all were probably both flirting with plenty of other people, seeing people around, there was no stress, and there wasn't the real commitment of marriage. I mean, there's still uncertainty as to what will happen with any non-married relationship. You know, there's still the idea that keeps limerence alive, the infatuation stage alive, that one or both of you may decide not to be with one another and check it out. That's actually what happened. So whenever a relationship is still in that um, uncertain stage prior to legal marriage, then the infatuation limerence stage can still be there and the sex is going to be hotter. So if that woman were to have become your wife, it is unlikely she would still be, you know, like blowing you at the party or whatever she did. So, I mean, and most men, when they actually think about it for a second or for a couple minutes, will be like, yeah, like I, I cannot picture that she is currently in some alternate suburb living in her life with her minivan and she's blowing her husband at parties like it's un, unreasonable right I mean everybody changes within monogamy some more than others um so uh it, with men it's it's really that sexual thing and then you got to think why are they fantasizing so much about these exes and is there a way to enhance a sexual relationship in their current marriage such that they do not find themselves in these reveries about exes because the sex that they're having is better and it's very similar for women who don't usually um, think only about a sexual relationship. They do think about sexual relationships. So what they think about are relationships where the sex was like more intense and more based on emotion usually. And so where they felt like much more experimental and open because the guy was um, just more intense and, and more more emotional, saying more things, more obviously into them. So obviously everybody has a range of how they can act. And so uh, women go back and think about when they were at their sexual best, which is usually with a man who's like very intensely into them, which is a way that their husband may not be acting.
and may not have acted like that maybe ever as much as this ex, but certainly didn't act like that for a long time. So this is the major thing that women want is to feel like the man is really, really into you and really desires you, and that helps them to be um, as sexual as they can be. Now, of course, all women vary in how sexual they are, just as men do, but what helps women reach their apex is to be with a partner who's like super into them. And if the husband is like basically not around uh, emotionally, you know, then they are remembering different and better sex and different and better emotional connection with any ex. And again, from what I see, this is worse when you were the one who ended the relationship and uh, you wanted to settle down with somebody else for whatever reason. Maybe you moved away. Maybe you didn't want to do long distance anymore. Maybe you had a fight with this person. So if you ended it, I actually see that being something people castigate themselves about and regret even more than if the inverse happened. So, but, but no matter who ended it, this is somebody who you're not with anymore. If they pop back up on social media or you run into them somehow, then it is certainly uh, hard to stop thinking about that person. Um, on the Dad Starting Over podcast, he talks about the risk of infidelity. Yeah, but I mean, there are so few, I mean, it's a, it's a very small subset of people that cheat. You know, I think for women, it's like on average uh, 11 or 13% or something have ever cheated within marriage. And for men, it's like in the 20s. Um, but so infidelity isn't particularly what I deal with all the time in couples counseling. It's much more frequent that the addition of thinking about this ex, you don't even have to see them on social media, by the way. Like this can just be somebody that you fantasize about and think about more than you should and wonder how they're doing and wonder how your life would have been like if you were with them. So there doesn't actually have to be any contact with this person at all. And frequently there's not. When people talk about their exes, they have no idea where this person is in the world, but that doesn't stop them from thinking about them and idealizing them possibly more than they would if they were actually in contact with this person and then seeing that they were not as great necessarily, didn't look the same, didn't act the same, etc. But in the mind, when you can't uh, juxtapose this person against what they currently look and act like, then they, you know, have this mythical quality, this one who got away quality. And um, this can become a fantasy object that prevents you from wholly deeply engaging with your partner because you're always comparing your partner to this ex in ways that probably aren't fair given the constraints of monogamy and the fact that you don't act like you used to when you were with this previous partner either. You know, and I write a lot about that. Like I could link you to my posts on, uh, you know, husbands versus boyfriends and girlfriends versus wives, which are pretty funny, but they're true also. You know, you are not acting as you did in college when you were with this person and so therefore you're probably not like this you know would not be like this even if you were with them now you know you would probably be kind of a version of what you are in your current relationship now there are of course reasons to listen to your fantasy about this and to use it as helpful information. If you find yourself in a deep fantasy about an ex, it's really good information about what's missing in your current relationship. And you can use this to work on the relationship itself. And in sometimes, I mean, it really does 
when when people go through life, like if they're in a marriage, they've been unhappy for 10 years or so or more in the marriage and they keep thinking about whether it's an ex or any other personality type that like isn't their partner, then they have to do some deep work to figure out why. Some of it may be fantasy and, and they're wishing that there was some magic bullet sort of person that would make them feel different and better about everything. But sometimes it's just pointing to a profound lack of compatibility within the relationship. And I've seen this happen, you know, where people do fantasize about exes a lot. And then eventually they realize that they're doing that not because of anything about the ex at all. And they probably wouldn't even want to be with the ex, but they don't want to be with the partner, the current partner. They realize that they really don't. And that this fantasy life that they were having was like their brain trying to say you're with the wrong person. Not in like a romance novel way, like you have a soulmate and it's your ex, but in a way like you never um, really felt at peace with this partner that you're with. You've been working on things. Many people that see me have already been through couples counseling and what have you, and it just isn't working. And it's interesting because then when those people do leave their partners, eventually they go for somebody like the ex. I've rarely seen anybody get back with the actual ex, you know, for a long-term second marriage, but some people do that. But um, usually they use it as like instructive. So for example, if you're a man who is uh, always, you know, had some experiences with very physically affectionate exes. Now you're always fantasizing about them in the context of your current marriage, which your wife doesn't really like to touch you at all. Then uh, you may, after therapy and, and profound thought, nobody leaves a family quickly, you know, um, you may decide that you really want to be with somebody like those other women and you were too stupid at the time and too young and naive to realize that that was like what you really wanted in a partner that was like super important to you and similarly I've seen women that say you know I didn't want to stay with that like kind of overly emotional guy that I was with in college I felt like he wasn't um couldn't be a good long-term partner. He wasn't, I didn't even have a job. He wasn't stable. But now I realize that I literally like don't care. (laughs) You know, if I'm with somebody who has a stable job, I just need somebody who's emotionally present. And so then the next partner, when people do separate, will probably be somebody that has this extolled, you know, quality that the person has realized through all of these fantasizing uh, about the ex things, they this is the thing that they really want. So you usually have one thing that you really want in unhappy marriages, um, and it usually goes along with this pursuer distancer attachment sort of thing. So you should go back and listen to my attachment podcast, as I tell you all the times, so it's pretty good and helpful. Um, but what the pursuer, the preoccupied attachment partner usually wants somebody who is emotionally and physically present. That's like the main thing they want forever. And a more avoidant partner wants somebody who will let them do their own thing and not be constantly up their ass and like, like, you know, kind of begging them to hang out and begging them to stay home and whatever. And, um, so when people get into second marriages, Avoiding people sometimes don't get into second marriages because they like, you know, not having anybody up their ass really, or they get into these arrangements where, you know, uh, they're a person with kids and they have another person with kids, they're dating another person with kids, they don't see each other all the time, you know, so it's kind of a very convenient arrangement and it does not have any of that smothering quality that living together full time would have. 
and preoccupied attachment people when they divorce and they move on and they look for this quality, they usually go for people who want to be close all the time, you know? So they're more in an interdependent um, relationship, which an avoidant person would classify probably as a codependent relationship, but they feel good and the other person feels good too. So the way to really kind of deeply heal your attachment issues is to be with somebody who doesn't make them worse, <laughs> you know? I mean, it's like the Hippocratic Oath, like first do no harm. So when you're young, people who are preoccupied and avoid and find each other and, and make their each of their respective attachment styles worse into the worst version of what they could be. Whereas if a preoccupied person kind of gets in later life with another person who tends a little preoccupied, then they'll just be real close, you know, together. And they're too old to make that much drama. And they got other shit on their plate, like kids and stuff. So it can be very healing for two preoccupied, more preoccupied people to find one another especially when they're not as super preoccupied as they were before they matured and grew. So it, basically what I'm saying is this one who got away fantasy can really be um, helpful on a deep level in facilitating a greater awareness of what your issues are with your current relationship and why you are currently unhappy. And some people honestly reflect about the one who got away and, and start to realize that it, it's something about them that they miss. They miss being young. They miss being free. They miss being at whatever stage in their life they were when they met this person, you know, if they were doing study abroad and they met this girl, you know, who was English and they're studying in London and that was like the best year of their life. But then they, you know, broke up because he came back to the States. Well, I mean, a great portion of why he may be idealizing this one who got away is because like he misses his youth. That was like the best year of his life. He felt awesome about himself. He was young. He had energy. The whole, his whole career and everything was in front of him. He didn't have to make any sacrifices yet. I mean, you really got to think about the the time of life when you met this ex and how you felt in general. You may honestly be wishing you could reclaim that portion of yourself. And through deep introspective work, you may be able to reclaim some of that part of yourself. So in that hypothetical guy, you know, he may be like, everything sucks. I feel totally trapped in every way. So it's not just my marriage in which my spouse doesn't necessarily measure up to this idealized version of my ex in London, but um, it, it, my job sucks. Like, I feel like shit about that. So you know what? I'm going to figure out a different career path, you know, or I am going to be a different kind of dad that's more involved uh, because I feel like my life's kind of like soulless and meaningless right now in contrast to how deeply and intensely I felt, you know, when I was doing study abroad and I felt that I might even do something good for the world in my career and that I was going to have this deeply meaningful life. And that was a time of all possibility and all meaning. And now in midlife, I feel like a lot of that is behind me and I've made a lot of choices that end up with my feeling stuck. So you can see obviously from this example how this man with deeper work can understand that the London ex-girlfriend is not the thing that he's pining for uh, overly. It is some part of himself, some aspect of who he was at that time that perhaps he can um, reclaim in his current life to make him feel more deeply fulfilled. This, of course, relates to a lot of my podcasts on fulfillment and uh, life paths. 
which you could also listen to. So when you are thinking about the one who got away, it can, make, it can be something about yourself that you're wishing to change and to go back to. It can be something about your relationship that's just never been right. It could be something about the current state of your relationship that could be transformed with couples work. A more intensive uh, uh, focus on how you guys can really be there for one another. So, you know, a man who remembers his ex as very sexy, if he were perhaps focusing more on the relationship with his wife, they were in couples counseling, they were actively working on both the emotional and the sexual parts of the relationship, he could see his wife blossom back into more of a sexy and uh, touchy version of who she could be, which may still not be like what the 25-year-old ex was, but it could be pretty good and would make him stop thinking about the ex all the time. So I hope that this podcast episode was interesting to you. Many more people have these sorts of fancies and even dreams. I get a lot of questions about why do I still dream about my ex when I'm happily married? I have uh, one of those on my website. Maybe I could link to that as well. So I hope that everybody got a lot out of this. Please do subscribe so that you can get all the episodes that I uh, create. And I will talk to everybody soon. Bye-bye.